Hello and welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. I'm David Freezer and we are speaking to you in the wake of City losing 3-2 at home to Chelsea. Game week three of the Premier League season and despite a defeat, I think we all sit here reasonably positive. I am alongside, as ever, Paddy Davitt, our video guru Tony Thrussell and we're also joined by our uh, news reporting colleague, Casey Cooper-Fisk, who is a new voice to the podcast. So, Casey, I'll come to you first. You watched the game at Carrow today. Where were you sit, uh, sitting uh, and what did you make of it? I was sitting in Origin Peter, what's it called now? Regency Security? Yeah, Riverend. Like we'll go Riverend. We'll go Riverend, <laughs> yeah. It's an Origin Peter when I start going. Uh, I thought, to be honest, it was a good performance, despite, the obviously, the result at the end of the day. I think the first half, Norwich probably matched Chelsea. Second half, they just got completely swamped by pressure. And I think the, they held it off quite well for a little bit. And then eventually it just it just held, didn't it? And yeah. Abraham scored. There we go. Um, well, I mean, we were recording this Saturday evening, as as has been the habit recently. So a few of the other results have uh, rolled in. Uh, Brighton losing two 0 at home to Southampton. Nathan Redmond getting one of the goals there. Palace winning late at Manchester United. Uh, defeat at Old Trafford for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, Leicester winning two one at Sheffield United, which I'm sure most Norwich fans will be pretty pleased about. And West Ham also winning three one at Watford. So Watford's troubles continue. And Sebastian Haller scoring a couple of goals before he comes up against Norwich next Saturday. Of course, uh, very nearly joined Norwich during the Alex Neal days and West Ham paid big money for him this summer. So that's going to be a, an interesting line. But Paddy, I'll come to you. Um, how was Daniel Farker's mood in the, in the aftermath of this one? Reasonably upbeat, Dave. Yeah, as Casey's alluded to, that's kind of how Daniel saw the game and, and particularly the 15, 20 minutes after the half-time where... You know, I don't know whether it was Frank Lampard had really sent him out um, to get on the front foot again and be really positive because that's kind of how the game panned out. But by half time, you, you felt Norwich were, well, as the score suggested, more or less equal footing and in terms of possession as well. But they just got pinned. Um, and then the frustration, I think, from Daniel's point of view was having got through that period and it was still 2 2. Then they did start to get a bit more control, as he said. Timu Puki had a nice little chance in that sort of similar channel that he scored. His second one against Newcastle, um, but on this occasion he's hit, hit it straight at Kepa. And literally from the guy's throw out, two or three phases of play, and Tim Krull's picking the ball out of his net. So, And and anybody who has seen it live or subsequently will see it, you know, a completely avoidable goal, as good a finish as it was from Tammy Abraham. But yeah, so I think, as he said, disappointed. Um, and although they've got a few more plaudits and a bit more praise, ultimately it's about points to stay in the division so yeah I think they probably on balance would go home after that game and be a little bit frustrated I think because as good as Chelsea were you know Tim Krull's made an excellent save in the first half they had lots of possession you know it was probably a game at 2-2 that Norwich might have felt they could go on and get something from yeah and they did come close didn't they um, Ben Godfrey of that header which hit the, hit the crossbar Tony how did you look back on today in, in, in general do you think that Norwich still did themselves proud yeah, I mean, that's the general feeling around the place is disappointment, but tinged with pride. Daniel, I think, said he was happy with the performance, but at the end of the day, he was disappointed not to pick up any points because that's the business at the end of the day. But, I mean, the first half especially, you couldn't take your eyes off it, could you? Yeah, it was great. just thrilling, and it's it's quite a pleasure to be able to watch football like that um, at the moment. Um, hopefully, long may that continue. Um, because there has been some dark days around these parts. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just second half 
as you said, they just got pinned and the quality and, and experience of Chelsea's game management showed, um, especially at the end, that last 10 minutes. Frustrating to watch from a Norwich perspective, but I mean, if you're in Chelsea's position, they wanted that three points, didn't they? So that's what they did. Big time. They were really fired up for it. I, th I thought it was another cracking game, a bit like the Newcastle game, and, and the Liverpool game was a cracking game as well. So, you know, it's going to be a, a real roller coaster ride. And with the way that Norwich play football, there's going to be games full of chance on there. We're not going to get many dull games because Norwich have got to go for the, the jugular almost at this level to, to achieve anything. But there was a lovely moment. Todd Cantwell um, leveling in the sixth minute. Just three, you know, when that first goal goes in, three minutes in, you think, oh dear, this could be, this could be something worrying. But that was a great moment for Todd. What, what do you make of his development so far, Casey? Well, I think to be honest with you, I didn't see it coming. Right. Um, I was quite critical of him starting him against Liverpool. Uh, but I think he's come on incredibly well. I think his touch has improved no end because I think that's the thing that stood out to me when I used to see him in the championship coming on as a sub. He often just looked a little off the pace, the ball had come to him, he couldn't control it, spurn the possession, it's the opposition. Um, but I think he's really improved, his passing was superb today. Uh, also, his decision making is a lot quicker than it has been. I think that's probably part of where it's an issue with the touch is like when he gets the ball, he sometimes has to think sort of two or three seconds. And he's come, been tackled, but he just looks so sharp now, doesn't he? Yeah, the, I think the confidence is is flowing through him. Mm. And we, we spoke to him after the game, and he spoke about how much it meant. And you have a look at some of the photos on on our website, and you can see in the aftermath of that goal, you know, he had scored at Carrow Road before because he scored in that Rotherham game, didn't he? In what November, December of last year. So it wasn't the first time he'd done it, but to score a, a Premier League goal at 21 years old. You know, only 18 months since his professional debut. I think that felt like a really big moment for him. And uh, you know, I wrote about him a column today actually that Max Aaron's is you would have thought going to be high up in contention of the England under 21s. Their squad's named at the end of this week. Ben Godfrey certainly on today's um, evidence, you would have thought it will. But Todd is a was born in 1998 as well, so he is still in contention. He did have England under 17 caps. He played alongside Trent Alexander Arnold at um, under 17 level. So. There is maybe a maybe a little shout that he might uh, get it, but I'm not sure if he's quite done enough yet. I, I guess he might need uh, more sustained success over a longer period. Um, I mentioned him there, Paddy. Uh, ben Godfrey. There was quite a moment if just before he hit the bar, that rampaging run where he won the corner really lifted Carrow Road. But overall, his attitude and his determination is really impressing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. Newcastle didn't have too much to do, did he? Because um, Norwich was so dominant midfield forward. But what we saw this this game, we saw at Liverpool. You know, when it seems to be with this guy on the early evidence in the Premier League, when he's up against top top draw opposition, um, he seems to be able to raise his game, and that that is a fantastic thing to see from a Norwich perspective because they will need more of doing that. And and my worry, if there is a worry coming out of today's game, is it, it was just evidence again for me of those nagging doubts that there's two or three in that side who probably are struggling with, with this step up um, and they aren't quite on the pace. Um, and obviously that's something Farker will be aware of, I'm sure, and, and they'll need to address. But yeah, in terms of that guy, we saw that Buccaneer and run. I was trying to think what game it was and it was Reading towards the end of last season where such a bizarre game and, uh, he's, and that one he larruped in, didn't he, against Reading. But... Um, just, just a willingness for such a young man and such an inexperienced guy. If you look at the amount of senior games he's had, to to tape games by the scruff of the neck and think, no, I'm not looking to my left or my right for somebody else to step in here and and try and alter the flow of this game. I'm going to step forward, step out of defence, and try and affect the play in a positive fashion. And yeah, he wasn't too far away with that header either. So you know, he's one who really over the 
piece of these three first three Premier League games has really stuck his hand up and said, I want to show I belong in the Premier League. It is worth saying for for those who weren't at the game, it was a really hot day, wasn't it? You know, we're talking about sort of 25 degrees, sun really baking down, not a cloud in the sky. And I think we did see evidence of that in the second half, didn't we? Tribal and Leitner up against some real high quality, you know, Kovacic, £40 million player, Jorginho, Italy international, who I think they paid £50 for, something like that. Mason Mount has already been in the England squad. So they did get a bit of a run around today for some really high quality players, but... I would imagine the majority of debate ahead of the West Ham game, clearly we've got the Crawley League Cup game coming up on Tuesday, so we'll talk about that in a little while, but the next league game will be West Ham next Saturday, and there's going to be some attention on, on Grant Hanley. Um, Tim Close are back on the bench today, or they didn't make it in. Casey, do you think do you think Grant is sort of living dangerously now, or is it still maybe a little bit harsh, given that today was up against the team who finished third in the Premier League last year who won the Europa League he was up against real top quality opposition do you think that it would be harsh to drop him or are you worried um, I'm a bit mixed about Hanley to be honest I think considering he's what fourth or fifth choice centre half he's actually handled himself quite well since the Liverpool game right <laughs> um, or at least he hasn't but I think I think he's done reasonably like he's not shown himself up as much as I thought he would because um, I was doubtful when they started him at Liverpool, I was thinking, you know, Salah, Mane yeah. didn't play in the end. Until but that was some arse to go up against those guys. And, and yeah. there have been... That's what I'm trying to say. He's yeah, there have been some good... He's had teams, he's had two of the toughest, you know, teams to play in the division, and, and that's not really the best test. But I think if you've got your, your closers and your Zimmerman's fit, then I think they're the ones you've got to start for me. They're much more solid, much more consistent. Yeah. Tony, where do you stand on Mr Hanley? Uh, yeah, I mean, as Casey said, you can't judge too harshly because of the games they've had but at the same time eight goals conceded in three games it's going to be a bit of a worry for Daniel and his um, backroom team and I'm sure he's going to want to try and tighten that up Um, I mean as much as he says he wants to keep playing his way I'm sure leaking goals will be a concern for him so we might see some experimenting on Tuesday perhaps with with Amadou coming in as well see what he can do Quite possibly. The other thing with Tim, of course, as we saw first half of last season, when he was in brilliant form, Tim Closer, is that he has that passing game, doesn't he? He, Before him and Leitner got injured, they were both linking up particularly well, and that was almost the start of the supply line, which then carried on further up the pitch. So there's some interesting decisions. I, I do wonder whether Daniel might, you know, give Tim a start, try and get 90 minutes under his belt, and then give Hanley one more chance before the international break. But I guess that will be better place to make the decision after Crawley. How do, you, how do you sort of get the vibe from Daniel on it? Well, I mean, this this day last week, uh, post Newcastle, he was very keen to talk up Hanley's patience and the leadership within that group because you know he clearly had a watching brief for most of the last season, and that can't have been easy given the success on the pitch. But yeah, one thing you know with Daniel Farker, there'll be no sentimentality, or you know, um, as he said, as he said about Campwell last week, I'm not giving gifts out if they're in the starting eleven. It's because I feel they deserve to be in the eleven. So we know how much he thinks of Closer. Um, Closer was playing all through pre-season before he got his uh, hip flexor issue. So I think sooner rather than later he will be coming in, and Hanley will be departing. And. We haven't really spoken about from Pookie. The, from the 11, when I say departing. <laughs> I don't mean out the door. Not until <laughs> not, January. Not to Blackburn. Yeah, no, I don't, well, yeah, technically there is, isn't there? Yeah. For lower league, though, that would be, wouldn't it? 
in terms of a loan. I don't think the championship though. I think championship yeah. is closed, isn't it? So no, leagues one and two. Um, yeah, yeah so he's, he's right. not going no. there. But I, I don't think Grant, Grant would want We've to. We've gone anyway. off on a tangent. Yeah, Tony. I, I think I think we're being flippant. Well, to just on on closer, you guys obviously saw him in the prem the last time around. What yeah. what was he like then? Because some fans say that he was quite good. He was really good, he was wasn't he? He, he? Maybe first few games. Wasn't... Well, he was bought. He was bought as a you know reportedly eight million plus defender to come in and stabilise a club in the Premier League so that tells you whatever the debates you want to have around the recruitment that's gone on here with various people in different eras that you know there was enough pedigree there a guy who played in the Champions League for Wolfsburg Swiss international yeah and and the problem the problem was of course he got injured at Crystal Palace didn't mm. he and that ruled him out for the run-in so of that particular Alec Neal campaign which ultimately ended in relegation but he certainly showed enough for me in those early games that um there was a guy who could, albeit he was a little bit younger then, but there was a guy who could stamp his mark on Premier League football. It's a shame for Hanley, um, but you know sometimes players just aren't quite capable of the pace of the Premier League. That's how football works. There's a hierarchy, isn't there? But you know, like, like I say, I don't, I don't think you can write him off yet because you're not playing Chelsea every week, you're not playing Liverpool every week, but even West Ham, that you know, that the mid-table uh, teams, there is still a great deal of quality in their attacking um, ranks. So. It's going to be really interesting to see how that one develops. Um, okay, let's have a, a quick break and hear a bit from Todd Campwell from after the game. It's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to be playing out there. You know, the, the fans are electric at the moment, and you know we've got to keep feeding them um, to keep us going. You know, it works both ways. So so yeah, we're just we're just trying to do the best we can at the moment. Thought there was a nice moment in the second half, was it? As Pelaqueta, you charged back and you got a real nice reception from the crowd when you yeah. slid in. How? biggest part of your game is that that you're really trying to develop because I guess Jamal's going to need plenty of protection isn't he on that side yeah I think you know you can't you can't play in a Premier League side and, and not be willing to do the, the dirty work as they as they call it so you know I think that's a that's a responsibility that probably doesn't come natural to me but um, you know I forced that out of myself and you know it's it's a team game it's not just personal performances and you know I think you can show that you can do as good defensive work as you can attack and work it's just as beneficial yeah and just to take you back to the goal I've seen some nice celebrations because it was just so quickly after their goal how did it actually feel you know have you got friends and family in the river end yes no I had um I had my family here which you know I'm, I'm glad they were here to see it you know it's probably a special moment for them as it is for me but like I say it's just disappointing that you know we haven't I can't leave here today and saying we've got some from the game because um you know it would have meant a lot more in, in that sense just finally in England wise I mean, you, you've got some caps at under 17 are you still eligible for the 21s for next Euros do you know when, when, um, when's your birthday is it? I believe so I'm a 98 born so I think yeah. I think I'd probably qualify for it but like I said before I'm not trying to concentrate on too much you know yeah. outside of outside of this football club and you know just got to look forward to the next game really And right, let's talk about Mr. Pookie then, because we haven't really been there yet, have we? Uh, five goals in three games. I, I think anybody that would have predicted that ahead of the season starting probably would have, um, you know, been uh, <laughs> considered to be going a little bit mad. But there we go. We've got got it. Five goals in three games. He scored in three consecutive Premier League games. I think I saw a stat, if I'm remembering off the top of my head, that the only other players to have scored five or more goals in the opening three games of the Premier League season is Rooney, Aguero 
and the chap who played up front, Jekko, for Manchester City. So um, I think I remember that one right. But another goal, another ruthless one. Maybe Kepa wasn't great, but just how impressive you've been with Pookie's start to the season, Casey? Uh, well, I expect him to do well in the Prem, I think, because I think he's a similar kind of striker to, I think, someone who. I think there's a lot of players that play in a similar way to Pookie that have done very well in the Prem. Yeah. And I think that he was probably cut out for it. he could probably could deal with that step up didn't see him dealing with the step up as well as he has um, what is he now I think it's he's the first man to score five in three games since Pavel Pogrebniak isn't he really I think for Reading Pavel Pogrebniak oh, yeah. forgot, forgotten him and we all know how well he did the one who the one who Spurs signed <laughs> Ex-Tottenham, yeah. no that's no. Pavel yeah. oh Pavel yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been I have no recollection of that of person Pogrebniak scandal yeah side note oh right okay there we go well, that's good knowledge. I, didn't, I, I hadn't heard that stat. But, um, yeah, overall, his general play, um, he was he was a little bit quiet today. He was kept reasonably quiet. But you just know when he gets that chance in the box that he's going to put it on target, don't you? Yeah, well, you better get used to that because, unfortunately, the, the downside, although you would think in the Premier League era with the amount of sports science and data analysts all these clubs have, that there wouldn't be any secrets. But the headline-grabbing display against Newcastle to grab, to grab a hat-trick... Um, there isn't going to be any mystery around dealing or teams being well aware that Timu Puki is a danger man for Norwich. But that said, yeah, Casey spot on. His movement and his intelligence, um, you know, which was razor sharp in the Championship, I think they are transferable traits. And because we've seen enough, you know, Zuma um, has completely lost him. A little bit like in an echo of Abraham's match winning goal, sadly, from a Norwich perspective with Hanley. But um, just the ability to. to find that channel to get himself in position and then of course you need the other part of the equation which is the ball from Buendia the perfectly timed pass but yeah I'd, I'd have major reservations about Kepper on that to get a hand as he did to that he should be keeping it out and having seen the highlights again he's gone way beyond his near post so I don't think he covered himself in glory there but from an Norwich perspective just keep him in cotton wool as long as you can yeah, and talking of... Um, yeah, Kepa certainly should have done better for that guy. He seemed to charge out and panic almost. But at the other end, Tim Krill did make one excellent stop, didn't he, when the score was still 2-1. So that would have made it 3-1 mm. if Jorginho had scored. And there was some other good stuff. Still, I don't think there's really going to be much talk about Krill's position, is there? No, I mean, he's not really done anything to say otherwise. I think last year, because everything was going so well, when one thing went wrong and it was generally because they had so much of the ball something was eventually going to go wrong at the back that's where they aimed the fans aimed their frustrations at because everything else was going right so now it feels like they're the togetherness with the fans and the players of that group that got promoted it feels like they've earned a few a few bad games so if Tim does make a couple of mistakes down the line then maybe there'll be question marks but I think he's earned their trust for for at least half this season anyway just finally on Pookie as well of course he uh, it was his chance which was saved by Kepper and then they quickly counted to score that third goal if he'd have gone bottom corner as you would expect him to then it all could have been so different couldn't it but uh, could have would have should have 
<laughs> yeah, uh, it's all Pookie's fault. <laughs> He's not done enough. Um, Casey, uh, the atmosphere again today, I, I thought was was very good. And um, Carrow Road is in a in a happy place at the moment. You were in the River End. Was there even atmosphere? I, I sat in the River End as as a young lad. Yeah. Um, there certainly wasn't much atmosphere in it those days. How was it? How was it today? Uh, well, there hasn't been much atmosphere in it probably since the days of Paul Lambert, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But fortunately, unfortunately, sorry, my days were long before then. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was really noisy in the river end which is where you say that and uh, I think the whole the whole atmosphere and the volume levels just gone up a notch this season it's, it's everything incredible to hear it to be honest yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to go up that much especially because you know you think well in the Premier League are the, the sort of the loyalist fans going to be in there do you know what I mean or is it just going to be people that want to see Chelsea yeah. United but, but no it's, it's really it's rocking at the minute isn't it and I'm sure it will be when the nice, easy fixture rolls around of Manchester City for the next home game after the international break. So uh, the pressure just keeps piling on, doesn't it? Our, my memories of the River End when I was a season ticket holder, I, as a child, I used to be taking me and my brother by my stepdad. And I remember there being games where you could lie across the seats because Carrow was half empty in the sort of late 90s or mid to late 90s when there was some fairly random players playing for Norwich and sort of drifting along in it in a rather aimless direction and yeah there certainly was no atmosphere in the River End in those days so I, I, I'm pleased it's a bit better nowadays I but there's some people in the city stand ready to do that <laughs> what to lie across some seats <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but there's no spare seats nowadays yeah. um, it's uh, it's a happy place to be um, Paddy to move on to Crawley then um, did Daniel sort of give any hints post game in terms of who's going to come into his thinking? There's there's lots of interest here, isn't there? When you think you've got what Fairman, Byram, Heiser, Vrancic, uh, plenty more <laughs> Amadou, mm. as Tony mentioned a little while ago, to come into things. Uh, it should be quite an interesting night, shouldn't it? Yeah. No, we didn't specifically talk Crawley to him. The only uh, s- uh, sub note was, of course, there was no Patrick Roberts in the match day squad um, today, Saturday. Um, and cleared that up with Daniel he said there was no injury whatsoever it was just he wanted to get closer back in the mix um, and have that bit of cover in central defence which he haven't had in the first two games of course so Patrick unfortunately was the one who dropped out um, you could contend I mean there were two or three central midfield options on the bench could you have lost one of them and brought Patrick in particularly with Onel out uh, in wide areas there didn't seem to be a lot whether he thought Jen- Dennis Strabeni took that box but I digress so yeah, of the ones you've mentioned, I'd like to see Amadou. You know, he's the one, isn't he? You know, he came in. Uh, well, you know, you're not playing 30 plus games in a Sevilla team. Sevilla team that finished sixth last season in La Liga. If you haven't got something about you, so his face maybe not fit with. Um, I'm trying to think, this ex-Spanish guy manager who's gone into Sevilla this summer. Uh, Lopetegui, Lopetegui, the uh, former good shot, Dave, um, yeah. So clearly, you know, he, he he moved in a different direction, which allowed Norwich to do this deal. But that's the intriguing one because, as I say, you, you see where he's been playing, the amount of money he's gone for in the last two or three years in terms of transfer fees. He could be an asset, um, and Daniel's obviously been keen to integrate him a bit more slowly. Um, but that would feel like an ideal opportunity against no real disrespect, but a League Two op- opponent uh, midweek just to. You know, you've trained for two or three weeks now. Go and have a run out, and let's see what you're about. What about um, Adam Idar? Is he fit for Tuesday? Uh, as far as we know, he had a minor back right. knock, didn't he? But yeah. um, I, with Shrebeni on the bench, 
I guess there wasn't room for him. I, I think that will probably depend on whether Josip Dermic is available. He's only got a minor hamstring thing, hasn't he? So he, he's obviously going to want minutes if he's fit enough. Yeah. If not, then you would have thought it's probably going to be Shrebeni and Ida unless Dermic is on the bench. But um, the under-23s did have a game today, actually. I haven't caught up on it properly, but they, I think they drew 1-1 with Villa's under-23s at Villa Park and Aidan Fitzpatrick scored the goal. Um, so I just about got through that despite the fact that I haven't. Uh, but that's um, only based on a tweet. So I'm not sure if I'd have played, but um, we'll uh, have to find that out ahead of the Crawley game. Uh, but they're in League Two. I think they actually won in the end today. They were 2 1 down yeah. to Leighton Orient and 1 3 2. It's not been going brilliantly for them, but um, we'll have to see. I, I'm sure they will They will turn up like it's, uh, like it's a big game for them. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Okay, um, we'd appealed in recent weeks for you to let us know where you listen to the pod, and we've had uh, a few more contributions, and we've got one uh, very good email from the US as well, which we're going to get through. Um, so, a few of you who sent us um, where you listen. John Davey uh, listens in Fort Wayne in the USA, and he uh, has posted a nice picture there as well. And Mac Lack, I don't know if that's a real name, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, I'm afraid. Um a fellow commute canary listener from the far less sunny Adelaide in South Australia here. That was replying to Brisbane Canaries who had been in touch with us before. And Amarillo Army, not as far away as Australia anymore, but all the way from sunny Spain. So do tweet us if uh, you've got um, anywhere interesting that you listen to us from. We had a good one last week, didn't we, which was Mordor, a.k.a. Leeds. Um, so I think that's probably the bar that we've got to beat. But this one was a, a cracking email that we had in from James Finley, who wanted to let us know where he listens to. And it's a, a slightly obscure story, but quite good fun. Um, so here is his email, which begins, I'm listening from the US in Omaha, Nebraska. I've long wanted to get into English football, but seeing as I'm American and have never travelled across the pond, the opportunity to develop a meaningful rooting interest was rather limited to me. However, graduated from the University of Iowa and I'm heavily invested in the sports team that represented under the banner of the Iowa Iowa Hawkeyes. A blog I follow dedicated to the Hawkeyes made a post last year about how Norwich painted the visitors' locker room pink. I think it's still pink, isn't it? We haven't seen any suggestions that they've painted it a different colour so far. Um, so that's one we'll have to double-check, actually. But I think it's still pink. Uh, James continues, When legendary head coach Hayden Fry took the, fe- took the helm of the American football team in 1979, he reportedly had the visitors' locker room painted pink because of the calming effect it has on humans. Later in his autobiography, Fry stated that while he believed believes the colour pink does have that effect. The main reason the walls were painted pink was because that was the only colour they had at the time they were fixing up the visitors' locker room. However, the law had been written and the official story is that Fry was a keen psychological mind. Naturally, the pink locker room is a cornerstone of Iowa Hawkeye law, so when I found out that Norwich City had also painted the visitors' locker room pink, I knew I'd finally found my English football allegiance. The fact that Norwich City also were represented by a yellow bird like the Iowa Hawkeyes was just the icing on the cake. I'm not sure how Norwich fans will feel about the pink locker room, but to me it provided a connection and entrance into English soccer, and specifically the exciting brand of English football that NCFC plays. But let's be honest, 
Is it a coincidence that after Norwich painted their visitors' locker room pink that they were able to defy expectations and gain promotion into the Premier League? Probably, but it's a fun story to me. Norwich City have a wonderful cast of journalists and content creators at their disposal that have helped me along. I'm grateful to have finally found an English football club I can develop a connection with because this is truly an enthralling sport and it was helped in no small part by the Pink and podcast so thank you very much for that james uh that was quite the monologue but it was worth it um i'm sure that's exactly what stuart weber and the guys at cow road were thinking when they painted the the away dressing room pink <laughs> pad that they would be recruiting people from america sure they did i'm sure but all i would say is though given we're recording this after the first defeat since frank lampard won with derby they probably, probably <laughs> need another coat or two of paint on the walls <laughs> it's a, a bit more fluorescent pink persuasion maybe it's faded maybe yeah. the pink paint is fade. it was hot today wasn't it maybe it was, it was. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'm going to say is Nebraska. That's a great album from Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's a very uh, paddy comment. Fair play, James. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, Frank Lampard, I suppose we haven't really touched on that. Um, just to finish with on, on the actual game, um, he, of course, was the last manager to win at Carrow Road um, when Derby came 4-3 in, back in December last year with the floodlights and all that. And were you impressed by Chelsea today, Casey? Did you think that there were real signs for encouragement for their fans? I think there were today. I don't think there have been many signs of encouragement in the last two games for them. I think they've looked really quite poor under Lampard until today. Um, to be honest with you, Lampard kind of surprised me a bit when he got the job. I thought he'd kind of, well, it's that classic kind of thing. I've seen it all over Twitter. He took a sixth-placed derby team who did very poorly to tournament with a sixth-placed derby team that did very well. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't <laughs> see Gary Rowett queuing up for the Chelsea job. So I, I doubt Lampard very much, but... I think they look quite sharp today. To be fair, he did a a bit of a a bit of banter with the Norwich fans as well, didn't he? After the yeah, <laughs> Uncle Albert, isn't it? That's that's what Ian um, that Ian Holloway him? called him. Whoever that chap is that sits near the away dugout. Where when was it um, that it actually kicked off? It was in the first half, wasn't it? Um, no, I think it was the second half, wasn't it? It might have been one in the first. Oh, it's the second half when um, Mount went down, wasn't it? Yeah, and eventually went off. That's but right. the referee stopped play, right, despite yeah. the fact it wasn't a head injury and no. Norwich were attacking. Branchich had threaded Trebeni down the left, yeah. and then <laughs> Lampard turns to the away fans and starts gesturing as in "stop crying," which is quite quite a fair game, I suppose. If you're going to give it to him, then you've got to be able to take it as well. But uh, how beaming was he with with the win as well, Pat? Yeah, he was a lot. He looked very relieved, actually. Um, because you know, okay, it's very ridiculously early to be talking about. Is it too? Is it too big for him? Is it too early in his coaching career? But that's the expectation levels when you go into a club like Chelsea. And if they hadn't got a win today, then you know, it, it, it immediately the questions continue again, don't they? So, yeah, he, he felt very relieved. There was a nice line in his post-match press. He's obviously, I think, he's got a little one now. I'm not sure how old um, with his partner, who Tony, you're a, a big showbiz fan, Christine. Bleakly, uh, I think, isn't it? Bleakly? Lampard. <laughs> yeah. Lampard, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think they did get married, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah. good answer. Yeah, no, she uh, used to be on the one show, didn't she? Yeah, with that Adrian Charles. Anyway, answers on the postcard, what her surname is. But um, I think, yeah, uh, he basically said he'd be watching Match of the Day, monitoring the baby monitor and having a couple of glasses of wine. So, rock and roll. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, good. it was good because, you know, in a way that Norwich have developed young talent, who've scored for Chelsea today, Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount, you know, two young lads who's given an opportunity to two homegrown players, two Chelsea youth products. So, you know, in a more corporate, how we are developing young English players in this country, that was good to see as well. Um, 
mean, obviously he had Mount, didn't he, with him at Derby last season. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I would say probably relief. Um, and then knows full well that if you're at Chelsea, then the expectation is that they continue in this vein. So it'll be interesting. Now. See, I think they've got Sheffield United next at home. So, you know, you would hope they, from Norwich's perspective, can put them away as well. But uh, And then, then it feels like they've got a little bit of momentum behind them, don't, doesn't it? Yeah. Were you going to say something then, Tony? <laughs> uh, well, I was just seeing the Watford manager on the on the thing, so yeah. they've still got zero they points. Got point. yeah, yeah. Got point, Same right. as Newcastle, who play Spurs tomorrow. So there's a couple of teams that might get cut adrift after 10 games. Yeah, Javi Grazzi has got to be under a fair bit of pressure, hasn't he? OK, right, let's wrap it there. Thank you very much, chaps, and thanks for joining us, Casey. You, you can come again. <laughs> you... <laughs> and, um, yeah, we will uh, leave things there. Um, as uh, we've said in previous weeks, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Archant Podcasts, and if you're interested in sponsoring or advertising with us, then please do send an email to matt.withers at archant.co.uk. That's withers, W-I-T-H-E. E-R-S. And as ever, this is your podcast as much as it is ours. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us all on social media or at the, at Pinkin on Twitter, or you can drop us an email to thepinkin at archant.co.uk. We will be back with you guys. Uh, we will, of course, be at the Crawley game, so do follow the game live with us. We'll have the live updates, as usual, on Tuesday night. And then, of course, all the build-up to that big game at West Ham before we head into the international break. And if not, you could just get one more point on the board before heading into that international break I think everybody including Daniel Farker can be very happy with the start to the season thank you very much for listening <laughs>